Welcome to the Demand Advice Podcast, where each episode we strive to bring business owners the strategies and advice they need to succeed and reach their goals. I'm your host, Michael Alos, and I'm also the founder of a sales and marketing consultancy called True Demand. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to stop trading your time for money. If you're a coach or a consultant, you need to get to the position where your time is the most expensive thing you sell not the cheapest or the only thing you have for sale. Your time needs to be protected and it needs to be valued. So why should your time be the last thing you sell? One, time has a limited capacity. So if you're only working 40 or 50 hours a week, there's only so much of yourself that you can sell within that 40 or 50 hour window. And then you also get caught up in a time trap where you don't have time to create the courses, the products, to market yourself, to be able to grow your business. And also you risk, you're at risk of of burning out. Or if you fall sick and you actually can't work, then you can't make money because your time is what you're being paid for. And if you fall ill, you fall sick, then you can't provide that time to make that money. Now, if you're in coaching or consulting, what you want to do is you want to be able to sell solutions and then provide those solutions in variety of manners. And sure, one of those manners is going to be your time as a service. But what we're going to talk about here is how do we get those solutions into different types of products? And in order to do that, we want to look at what problem does your ideal client have? What does your ideal client want? What are their needs? And how are you going to help them solve those problems? So as we go down this process, right, if, if you've been in a position where you've been coaching or consulting and you're used to being in, this, in, in the dollars for hours, it, as we make a shift, you might start hitting some mental blocks, right? You may, may not think, maybe you think making a, an online course is expensive, or maybe you think you don't know the a topic enough, or maybe you're saying you don't have the technical skills to be able to deliver on that product. And what I want to say to you here is, again, don't get caught up in, in this um, mental block, right? If you do have any of these negative thoughts uh, or concerns or worry or anxiety, write it down on paper. And then actually look at it. Once you see it on paper, right? Say, say one of your worries is you don't have the technical skills that you think all this technology is required Put it on paper and then let make bullets and make ways where you can talk back to that and say, okay, I don't have the technical skills. How can I, okay, then I can go to YouTube. I can go to Google. I could take a course on it. I can ask somebody who's already created a course. How did they do it? So as we make this shift, mental blocks, and, and maybe negative thoughts are natural to come up, but we don't want them to stop us from making progress, shifting our services to a product base. And then you have to be realistic. Look, if you're making a certain dollar right now, and, and let's just say for random numbers, you're making $10,000 a month and you create your first product, you can't expect that one product to replace your uh, service-based income immediately. It may take multiple courses. It may take years, uh, months, right? To get enough product sale sales and enough products created to replace that hours for dollars trap. So you have to be realistic and realize this transition is going to take some time. How do you come up with prop- profitable course topics? 
There's a variety of ways to do this. One, you could look at our, already what's selling. What are people buying? Another way to do is already look at what services you're providing to your clients and how can you bundle that up into one of the different types of products or courses that we're going to talk about in this episode. Also, if you have an email list or if you have a social media following, you can ask those people on your list and those followers as to what they would like to see in a course or what kind of topics they're looking for. And that kind of comes up with your target audience. Now, it's not an easy shift, right? Just because you're working with a, a certain client type right now providing services, as you start to shift to products, it may not be the same exact client, right? Your ideal uh, client profile may change a little. And why is that? Right now you're working with people that are used to having you provide a service to them. You're very hands-on, right? You're maybe actually fulfilling the service. Maybe you're holding them accountable. As you start to shift the product now, it, it, people have to be a little more self-sufficient. They have to do for themselves a little more. So even though it may be the same industry, same size business, same type of, you know, demographic, th there might be a subtle shift in who your target audience is because not everybody wants to consume a course or a product. They want people to do it for them. So you, you have to watch those nuances as you start to shift from doing a hundred service-based coaching or consulting to products. So now let's talk about types of courses and products that we can create in order to get us out of this hour, hours for dollars trap. So first thing is self-study course. And this is the typical course on whatever, LinkedIn learning, Udemy, right? Those, those types of sites. It's a, a site, it's a course, has a, a variety of vid videos, audio, worksheets, templates, toolkits, and it's all broken up into modules that follow a sequence. That is the typical self-study. And with that does require the self-study portion of it. So you, the consumer has, or a client has to actually go through that course on their own from start to finish. Then we get into memberships. Now, if maybe if you've been around the internet for a while and internet marketing, you've heard about membership sites. Basically a membership or a membership site is anything where you're each month you're providing and creating a continuous stream of new content for that reoccurring membership fee. So someone will join your site, they'll be charged a monthly fee, and then each month they get new content, right? Whether that content be access to webinars, eBooks, guides, checklists, whatever that is, access maybe even to you and, and group coaching calls, things like that. But they're paying a monthly membership fee to get access to. Now here's a tried and true, an oldie, but a goodie. It's not going to help you actually. It, it, so books, right? Books, the old tried and true method of a physical product and providing your method or framework to the world in a physical product is a book. And a book is great because it does give you street cred. It does give you clout with, with your, you know, ideal clients. However, books have its limitation. You can only charge so much for a book, right? If it's a physical book, maybe it's $12.95, maybe it's all the way up to $24.95. If it's on a very technical subject, maybe you're in the $40. It's some sort of development language. Maybe you can, you know, on how to code, you can get up higher into the 30s and the 40s. But 
If you're in a Kindle book, maybe you're on Kindle Unlimited and the, the, your book is going to be free or it's $2.99, $3.99. Uh, again, if it's a technical book, maybe it's a $9.99 Kindle book. But books don't make a ton of money, but they do give you a lot of credibility and you can use them as a marketing tool, right? You can then uh, mail a book to someone and they see that you have this physical book that they can hold. It does, people still believe someone with the book is an expert and is knowledgeable. Uh, even though you may have a couple of courses, that book does give you a lot of credibility. So think about creating book out of whatever course that you're creating. Now, speaking of books, let's talk about a workbook. Now, a workbook is just that, right? It's a workbook where people uh, are doing exercises, right? It's filled with maybe templates and, and, and worksheets and things like that to help people work through a problem. Now, a workbook can stand on its own or a workbook can be bundled in with something else. Now, here's, uh, this may say, seem a little odd to bring this up, but let's talk about merchandise. Yes, merchandise like t-shirts, mugs, stickers, whatever, even pillows, uh, tote bags, all those things. And, and why did I mention merchandise when we're talking about trading hours for dollars? Like merchandise is a product. And a, a lot of us out there that are doing coaching and consulting, we're on Instagram, we're on social media, and we're creating some kind of meme that has a, a quote of ours or some philosophy of ours or some saying or something that we're putting out there in that meme format and sharing it. Now, what if we took that meme from Instagram and then put it on a coffee mug and offered that coffee mug for sale? Now, look, you'd have to sell a lot of coffee mugs to replace your income. What we're talking about is all these different topics, all, all these different ways to trade the switch from an hours based to a product based. And if you add them all together, merchandise does help. And if you have some cool sayings, some cool quotes, things like that, people are going to love it and they're going to buy these products and buy your shirts and things of that nature. Now, also there's affiliate products. If you don't know what affiliate marketing is, basically affiliate marketing is you promote um, a product or a company in exchange for a certain percentage of each sale you make from your promotion. So what happens is most common example is with Amazon. Amazon offers an affiliate program. So you go to Amazon, you, if you meet the requirements, you can sign up for uh, to become an affiliate. You can then go to a, let's say, for example, you go to a product page and say there's a book there that you think is really valuable book that your audience would love. You can then generate a special link. You can then put that link in your email, send that email to your subscribers. And if someone buys that book by clicking that link, you will get a percentage, a very small percentage of the sale of that book. And you see this also a lot with software, with the cloud-based SaaS-based software. A lot of companies will give you an affiliate commission if you promote their product to your audience. And we do that through tracking all that through what's called an affiliate link. And then there's software to track those links, who clicked the link, things of that nature. And then the software generates payment to you. So as we go back into sort of the knowledge area, we talk about toolkits. So a toolkit is a pack of our worksheets, our workbooks and templates all put together. So basically a, a, a toolkit would be 
all the knowledge templates and, 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 and uh, tools that we need to get started in a specific area. And that was all bundled up together in, in one package to allow someone to achieve a specific outcome. And maybe it's a little more done for them if they have to fill out the worksheets then it is like a self-study course where they have to sit and learn. The toolkit is a little more inclined to help people actually do than learn. So we talk about a few different types of products. So how do we deliver these products? So if we're talking about a course or a workbook or a template, there's lots of different ways we can do this. If we're talking about a course, a self-study course, there's tools like Thinkific, Udemy, right? Teachable, Skillshare, things like that, where that will host our course for us, help process the payment, even allow us to create a sales page for that course. There's other sites like Gumroad where we can offer sort of one-off PDFs and zip files of a variety of tools that we are offering in our toolkit. So there's a variety of platforms. You have to understand what it is, what your course is or what your product is, how you're gonna bundle that up and then choose the right course by looking, choose the right platform by looking at the pros of cons each the pros and cons of each and which one is the best for your product or course. Once you've actually de determined what your audience or ideal clients are looking for, you've then created that, that product, that course, and you now have it on a platform where you can offer it for sale. The first thing to do is have that beta group of students run through it, right? Maybe it's three students, maybe it's 10 students or, but what you want to do is get it in the hands of people who can kick the tires of it and give you any candid feedback that they've, um, that they've discovered by going through it. Maybe your audio isn't clear. Maybe your video is blurry. Maybe they just didn't understand something, but let them give you that feedback. And then also this sort of initial group of students is also a group that can give you testimonials, that social proof that your course does do what it says. So make sure before you launch that you actually have a group of students go through it and get their feedback to make sure you have everything buttoned up and good. So I just mentioned briefly about a sales page. Yeah, so if you use any of these platforms uh, such as Udemy or, or Thinkific or Teachable, you can create a sales page right there on their platform. Now, basically a sales page is just what it is. It's a page that you offer your course or product for sale. And some of the, the, some of the areas on that page are gonna be, who's this course for? How does it help them? Why is this course beneficial? What's it cost? the table of contents, things of that nature, whatever information that a visitor to that page needs to know in order to decide, hey, should I buy this course or not? Will this course work for me or not? And then once you have all that done, well, now it's time to launch your course. And how do you do that? There's a lot of different ways to do it, right? You can do this build up. If you have a list and a following, you could do this build up to the uh, course launch. There's all sorts of information out there about launching a course, pre-selling, pre-launching, all, all these things that are out there. But basically once your car course is finished, you start to communicate that to the world, right? To those people that fit your ideal client profile. And how do you do that? You do that through your blog posts. You do that through social posts. You do that in your email newsletter, right? Things like that. You can even run ads, pay traffic to your course. Now, Let's talk a little about mistakes to avoid. 
Now, a lot of times we talk about all the things we need to do, but we don't talk about some of the mistakes, the gotchas that we need to look at. So in today's world, attention spans are getting smaller. And if we're talking about a course, we have to make sure that course is in small enough and bite-sized chunks and engaging chunks to keep people engaged. Especially if we're doing something that's self-study, there's no one there to keep that person accountable. So we wanna make sure that we're doing our videos or our audio segments in the appropriate chunks. Keep it under five minutes if it's an intro or if it's a quick burst of inf information, maybe five to 10 minutes if it's a video that, that it goes into a little more depth of, a, of an area. And if you need to do something that's very comprehensive, then we're talking 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes. But let people know that this is going to be a comprehensive module. That's why it's longer. Give them sort of some of that information up front so they can understand why this is such a long video. Now, yeah, it does work. You could do an hour and a half video and someone will sit through it. You go to YouTube, you see these out, you know, there are hour and a half videos where people will walk you through from start to end, how to create a website that includes coming up with hosting to sourcing a domain name to all the way to posting your first blog post. And yes, people do sit through those videos. However, if, if you are teaching someone to learn, you want to do the most, the best you can to increase your client's success of succeeding with this product or with this course and doing that, keep your videos, keep your audios, keep everything in the course in these bite-sized chunks that are easily consumed. And look, worry, worry is something else that catches us too, right? We worry about, is this good enough? Is it right? Did I get everything in there? Is this as good as someone else's? Look, I, I would just tell you, it's never going to be good enough. We're always going to worry. And the thing is like, just take your experience, get it into a program, get it into a course, have people go through it, review it, give you that feedback, and then tweak it a little based on that feedback, whatever needs to be tweaked and then launch and let the marketplace give you their feedback. And not everything's going to be a winner. Some courses are going to sell, some products will sell, others won't. Even though your initial test group gave you awesome feedback, it doesn't mean it's going to work as a course and it doesn't mean people are interested in it. And uh, I, something else I would say is don't forget to take your own course. Look, you know, regardless, even if you have a test group, go through it, that beta group, go through it and give you feedback, you know what your intentions were by that course. And if you go from start to finish, you'll know if you got everything in there, you'll know if it makes sense. You'll know, oh, I meant to put a quiz here. I meant to delete this video. I'm missing a worksheet. You'll know all of that. So please go through and take your own course. And a little funny story on this. Many years ago, there was someone starting out in a fitness area and I, I met the person early on and I said, sure, put together a video program for me. Why not? You're getting started. I'd love to hear what you got. And the first video from this person was great. The second video, about halfway through it, the person went on a tirade and started basically cussing up a storm on a specific topic with the individual that was in the room filming them. And I got that unedited version. So it was pretty obvious that either the person got the files confused or whatever, but what happened was the person didn't go through their own training and realize if they did, they would have realized they sent, they were going to send me the wrong video. Embarrassing on their part. Yeah. 
I get it though. We all make mistakes, but either way you don't, if you're publishing a course to hundreds of thousands of people, you don't want to make a mistake like that. One off with me, it was okay. I understand I've made mistakes too. And the person then edited the video and made good on it, but it can be embarrassing. And nowadays people are more than willing to share your embarrassment all over the internet. So we want to try to avoid that. And uh, look, with any product, with any course, you have to pe keep people engaged and you have to keep people using it for them to achieve the outcome that you promised them or the result you promised it. So if it's a self-sufficient online learning course, somehow you need to keep them engaged so they can start the course and they finish the course. And how do you do that? Maybe it's bite-sized chunks. Maybe it's uh, smaller modules. Maybe it's putting quizzes. Maybe it's putting certificates in there. Every time they complete a module, they can then print out a certificate. Maybe it's saying something even to this effect. We talked about merchandise. So send me your final certificate that says certificate of completion, and I'll send you a mug that has this quote on it, right? That's ways, think of ways to keep people engaged that they get the outcome you promised. And if, even if you have the best course or best product, if someone doesn't go all the way from start to finish and, and get all that information, they're never going to get that result. And that's what you really need. You need people to get that result so they can then recommend your course, recommend these products, your workbooks, your worksheets, things of that nature. So they tell other people all about it. Now, with all that said, what I want to suggest to you is go out now create your course and launch it. And I wish you good luck. And if you do create a course after listening to this pod, uh, podcast in this episode, please send me uh, a, a link to it. I'd love to check it out. If you need an initial beta tester or a test group, I'd love to be involved and give you some feedback on that on the course. Feel free to shoot me an email or visit truedemand.com and contact me via there. And I'd love to see the, uh, see your course or be that initial test group for your course. So get out there and go launch. That concludes this episode. I'm Michael Alos, the host of the Demand Advice Podcast and the founder of the sales and marketing consultancy called True Demand. You can find me on the web at truedemand.com. That's T-R-U-D-E-M-A-N-D.com. If you have any questions about anything we discussed in this episode, you can send me an email at hello at truedemand.com. Also, since you're a subscriber to this podcast, I'd like to offer you a free 30-minute marketing assessment. To learn more about the assessment and the sign up, visit truedemand.com. <laughs>